Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with David Faber, the New York Stock Exchange. Kramer once again at one market in San Francisco as Dreamforce ramps up today. Coming off those record highs, stocks are aiming for more gains at the open. Despite some disappointments from Home Depot and Kohl's, uh, retail could have its worst day of the month so far. Europe is solid, though. DAX up nearly 1% and the 10-year 180 as housing permits print a new cycle high. Our roadmap begins with retail route, the sector on pace for the worst day of November on the backs of Home Depot and Kohl's both tumbling after cutting their outlook and their comps forecasts. But the record rally for stocks, well, it rolls on. Futures, as you saw, pointing to renewed all-time highs at the open. And vaping crackdown. California suing Juul for marketing to teens. New York set to make a so-called major announcement of their own later today. We'll start with retail, though. Home Depot shares are down in the pre-market. Earnings did beat, but sales missed, and the company does cut its full-year outlook, saying its integration of online and brick-and-mortar is not delivering as quickly as they thought. Kohl's tumbling on weaker results and guidance, but TJX is a bright spot, beating on both the top and the bottom lines. Jim, I was uh, curious to hear you say a moment ago that Lowe's is getting to be the better buy because we're going to see that print tomorrow. Yes, I I have to tell you, I think Marvin Ellison has really energized the place, and one of the things that happened was that Lowe's fell behind Home Depot technologically. They simply didn't have the systems. Uh, that's no longer the case as uh, Marvin Ellison rolls out technology at every single Lowe's. Plus, he's changing management. He's got a lot better managers. The stores look better. The stores feel better. Uh, Home Depot, on the other hand, you know what? Business as usual. They've been missing the quarter, missing the quarter, missing the quarter. But one thing that people have to realize, my Travel Trust owns it, by the way. We bought it last time. When did the trust buy it? Exactly on one of these misses. It is disappointing that they do not seem to have any sort of consistency, and they don't have Carol Tomei, the unbelievable CFO, has always been on the call. So I think this one goes down and stays down today. If you aren't off price or online, I think you're hurting, which is exactly why TGX is the best place to be. Once again, off price, the winner. As our viewers may have seen, Kohl's looks to be the largest percentage loser. Of course, we are still 28 minutes before the open. The company did cut its annual guidance uh, from 515 to 545 a share to 475 to 495. That, by the way, excluding 22 cents per diluted share related to the extinguishment of debt and impairment, store closing and other costs. Uh, but, Jim, coming back to Home Depot, uh, and we should add the calls for both companies. The conference calls just began right now, 9 a.m. Uh, so we'll mm-hmm. we'll probably get a little more insight, including on this, Jim, which I'd love to get from you, because sometimes you've already had some of the calls before the calls. Um, when they say that uh, the numbers at Home Depot came below their expect- expectations, driven by the timing of certain benefits associated with their Home Depot strategic investments, what do they mean? Well, look, Home Depot is technologically always trying to get ahead of the curve. Uh, I believe that we'll hear, and I think you really make the great point, David. We don't know yet at uh, nine. 
But the thing that really does bother me is, is that this is the first time we really knew that they were doing something big. Why didn't they tell us they were doing something big so we would know that they didn't beat what they were supposed to be doing? Uh, it's playing out disappointment in terms of the narrative. At the same time, remember, one of the great companies, housing charts this morning were very good. Uh, I think that people will, uh, let's say, understand it. The one that is much harder, when is Michelle Goss going to get it together, the CEO of Kohl's? And let's hope that the expenses are related to the fact that they added Amazon to the back of the store. Because patience is wearing thin with someone who, frankly, doesn't really have anything special. They're not the lowest prices. They don't have a really good online strategy. I need to, they don't have a good offline strategy. I gotta hear something about Amazon, or else people are gonna say, is Kohl's Macy's? Uh, Which reports later this week, uh, because I've gotta tell you, this is awful. Yeah, uh, clearly uh, we're not seeing uh, that plan to allow you to do pick up and deliver a drop off no. uh, through Amazon, uh, getting any traction. One more thing on Depot, though, Jim. Um, do we believe them on the timing of these investments? Because, you know, we got retail sales on Friday and building materials were negative for the second month in a row. Point blank, I say yes, because Meneer is no different from previous CEOs like Frank Blake. What they are about is honesty, transparency, and truth. I'm out here at Salesforce, oh, uh, Home Depot, old-time customer, and I just feel like the one thing I did want to know was uh, it, uh, summer spend should have been better. Uh, outside furniture should have been better. Uh, grill should have been better. Let's hear what they have to say. I know that if you bought it the last two times that it, that it blew up, so to speak. They were great buys. It remains the H in watch. Coles, I've got to tell you, I still don't get Coles. I mean, I just think Michelle, I, I think she's a very, very, very good uh, person in terms of what needs to be uh, done at a retailer that had been kind of no, uh, nothing that's special. But the investing in future that Home Depot is telling you right now at this moment, realize that almost entirely involved with making the stores better, no particular theme, supply chain, pro and services, product innovation. It looks really hard. It's called the One Home Depot Experience. Well, what the hell? Why didn't we know about the One Home Depot Experience beforehand in terms of a way to be able to gauge it? So Home Depot might be down for two days, not one. All right. Again, we're going to keep an eye on those calls. But, you know, uh, at least Home Depot in their release acknowledges sales were below their expectations. At Kohl's, all they're saying is things are good. Uh, We enter the holiday period with momentum. We're strategically increasing our investments to take advantage of the unique opportunity to fuel growth and customer acquisition. We believe investing in the short term will support our strategies to drive profitable growth over the long term. Her quote is, we're pleased to report our business return to growth. And the quarter started off positively in August, Jim. I mean, there's not a thing in here that says things aren't going well. There's a bit of a through the looking glass uh, aspect of that release. Uh, Why not just a total fess up? Listen, we're spending a lot of money. So far, the results aren't there. The results will be there. The stock's not expensive on earnings. But again, what is Kohl's besides Kohl's cash? Why do we go to Kohl's? They've got these big brands. You can get the big brands where? Online. Amazon. I thought that because they're in strip malls, it would be easy to buy online and pick up. So far, no real luck. We have got to hear something about the customer who walks to the back of the store, deposits the Amazon return, and then buys something, which is what everybody was excited about. Um, this, I want to know, is this a big hat, no cattle story? Because in the end, when you dress yourself up as a partner of Amazon, you better show results and show results now. And they haven't. All right. 
Uh, tough words, uh, Jim. We're going to watch it, as David said. Uh, despite the weakness in Depot and Kohl's, uh, we are on track to hit some new record highs thanks to continuing optimism about China trade. Last night on Fast Money, former NEC director Gary Cohn said he hopes the president will follow through with that phase one deal. But if one is not, uh, shrinking tariffs could go into effect next month. Take a listen. I think if there's no deal, he'll go through with them on December 15th. I, I, I think he's given himself time. He's got him through the other side of the holiday season. Um, and December 15th is a long time from now in terms of terrorist negotiations. There's a lot of other things that have to happen in the United States, including debt ceiling, continued resolution. I think that he thinks that that's a forcing function. And if he keeps blinking, you know, he loses credibility in the Chinese eyes. Uh, sounds like something, Jim, that you probably agree with. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that the president right now is heavily influenced by the Navarro wing. That's the hard wing. What they're saying is, listen, we've brought in a lot of money on tariffs. The consumer has not been hurt. The uh, S&P and Dow are at all-time highs. China seems to be in trouble, including, by the way, Hong Kong. What do we have to lose by raising the tariffs? What do they have to gain if they don't make a deal? Well, absolutely nothing if they don't make a deal. Uh, They're still upset, by the way, about pork. They just don't understand. Why don't the Chinese at least, because they need the pork anyway, why don't they give our farmers something? So I know that the, the Cudlow wing says we're close and the financial services might benefit. But you know what? The president's not hope, want to hope. The president does not care one whit about what J.P. Morgan gets. I mean, because it is J.P. Morgan, maybe American Express, they're trying to be over there. Uh, Visa. These things do not influence the president. They do influence a particular wing of people, uh, the Schwarzman wing, the Kissinger wing, which just says, listen, we got to go back to the days where we trade with them because there's one point five billion. Oh, boy, does that upset the president? He doesn't want to hear about the one point five billion. He wants ideological change in China. I mean, look at the concentration camp story we saw this weekend. You know, when that goes, uh, when the, you see those stories, the president says, wait a second, they're sending us fentanyl, they're imprisoning people, and we're supposed to be able to increase trade? What's the point? Well, if he's so interested in, uh, in change, uh, I wonder what he'll do if the Senate does pass this uh, pro-democracy bill. Uh, I wonder, if they, with, especially if um, it passes with veto proof, right? Uh, is that going to complicate talks? I think that... Uh, the president has a rare moment if he wants to. If he just mentions Tiananmen, uh, then I think that people are going to say, well, wait a second, there will never be talks. I mean, that's, you know, that's one of those things that they black out if we talk about it. So, I mean, this is a perilous moment, not for us, but I think for the Chinese. I don't think that we, uh, other than Eunice Yoon, I think the traditional uh, media is downplaying exactly how uh, existential this crisis is in Hong Kong. I, I, I really believe that the Chinese have lost control of the situation. And the only way they're going to get in control of it is doing something that even Germany may not like. I say even Germany, because Germany's policy is based on selling uh, Mercedes Benz and, uh, and BMWs. Well, well, what would they do that Germany wouldn't like? I, I want to just follow along here. Peaceful, peaceful reconciliation, maybe giving Hong Kong a little more uh, leeway. But if you take a look, look at the auto registrations for this month. Europe. This is the strongest they've been in ages. If Europe can bounce back without China, then I think that the president, whom I know is not a globalist at all and doesn't really care about what Merkel says. I think the, the Europe will turn against the Tiananmen Square moment. Uh, so I think that the Senate resolution is incredibly important and being overlooked because all we hear about right now uh, from Washington is uh, what's going on in the impeachment hearings. Which, by the way, uh, as closely as I like to follow them, still kind of baffling. And no, I'm not confusing it with Joe Biden's son. I'm just saying it's hard. It's hard to follow that one. It's not as easy as Watergate. 
Uh, there's a lot in there. Um, we're going to hear from the first two of eight witnesses this week. In fact, starting right now, Jennifer Williams, uh, State Department employee, aide to the vice president, and then uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman uh, later on today. But, uh, Jim, Mark, it, it barely pays uh, one whiff of attention to those hearings. No, uh, the tape is good. Uh, you're seeing when something is positive, like a biotech stock, people go nuts for it. There are certain stocks that just have this, uh, just this cadence of going higher. Uh, Microsoft and Apple being the best examples. The uh, Facebook yesterday. These are companies that's in the absence of anything. People, I think people are saying, you know what? These are the stocks to be in because there's not that much time left in the year. Uh, again, for retail, we want to be uh, off price online. I don't think Target's going to be bad tomorrow. I think uh, Walmart was very good. Technology, we're seeing a lot of the semiconductors do very well. And then, you know, you just kind of have uh, the drug stocks. I don't think people realize that in the absence of Elizabeth Warren's jihad, they've been going up. So have the healthcare stocks. Elizabeth Warren's decision to be able to say, listen, we're not going to do anything single payer until the third year was brilliant for her. But even more important, I know she doesn't care about this, the stock market went up. She seems to have a particular uh, affinity for saying funny things about companies that are important in the uh, S&P. Uh, indeed. One of those weir- weird days yesterday where we had record highs across the board, but there were more stocks down than there were stocks yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're in mo- by the way, Home Depot saying a lot of good things right now. Uh, when I look at the uh, tape, they're saying it's just taking a little bit longer than the original assumption. That's why I think at one point the stock was down 14. Now it's down eight. I, you know, look, Home Depot is a great American company. And the stock, by the way, rallied heavily into this quarter. Uh, Home Depot, I think their biggest crime they got to start thinking about how to forecast. They're becoming an errant, that's an E-R-R-A-N-T, I'm from Philadelphia, an errant forecaster. Uh, that would be a change uh, for sure, Jim. We're going to watch uh, the headlines coming out of the call. Yep. When we come back, a West Coast edition of Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell as we take one more look here at Futures. Uh, opening bell in about 16 minutes. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. We got about 13 and a half minutes to go before we get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. Time for one of our cross-country mad dashes this morning. Boeing is the name that you want to focus on, Jim. Yeah, David, uh, the last thing you would expect for a company that's in the news only for a plane that doesn't work are giant orders for it. And yet, no, there was a orders for 50 planes of the 737 MAX. 50 planes yesterday at a big Dubai air show. And what that shows me is this is why Boeing stock is still up for the year. This is why Boeing stock is going to be an incredible investment for 2020, because people buy a plane that doesn't work. David, don't you wish you and I made a product and people bought it anyway, even though it didn't work? Who has that? Who has that kind of demand that they literally put they have a product that nobody seems to want to fly? And yet people are still (laughs) buying. This is a good business model, David. We have to get in this business. We sell lemonade that doesn't taste good and isn't made well, and we're just crushing it. This is a business. 
Yes, it is. It's called a duopoly. Um, and I guess that's that's kind of the key there, isn't it? Where else? Are you yeah, well, buy that's from? why it's been such I mean, a buy. There's only one other guy. Say again. That's why you want to buy the stock, because it's a duopoly. Right. And it, what's amazing is, don't you think that somebody should come in a third player? But the mode here, as uh, as Warren Buffett would say, the mode here is about as high as I've ever seen. And uh, what a credit to, to Boeing that they literally, literally still love, love the uh, the product. They'll get it up. It'll be flying very soon. Oh, by the way, David, Home Depot, they just said lumber deflation was responsible for a lot of the decline. So watch for that stock to go higher. But um, I just think, I just think that when you think about Boeing, what you do is you think about that travel, just the secular growth of travel, as Jim McDermott used to talk about, previous CEO, is unabated. And remember, most of the people in China, 1.5 billion, have not been on planes, but they're going places. So I think this number is That's testament true. to why Boeing has to be higher. Higher. If there ever was the prospect for another uh, major manufacturer of airplanes, it would have to be out of China, though. It may not be today or tomorrow, but at some point we may see that, Jim. Yeah, and I think that this is one of the reasons why China should continue to try to be in the, uh, in the Council of Nations, so to speak, because, wow, if they can make something that competes, I think people will buy it. But right now, I mean, how do you buy 50 planes of something that nobody can work? And the answer is that you have to get in line. And what these are are people who get in line because once this plane starts flying, then the order's going to start flying. David, a year from now, you won't ask whether it's a 737 MAX. What you'll say is, hey, how, uh, how do I get a ticket? Okay. Jim, stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Okay. We're taking love a quick you. break here on Squawk on the Street. I love you, too. We've got about 10 minutes to go before we get an opening bell. We'll give you the latest on Home Depot from that call as well and the Coles call as we're keeping a close eye on both of those key retail companies. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. One of those mornings where there's very little incremental news on U.S.-China trade, and despite the retail disappointments today, aiming for some fresh record highs across the board, the opening bells in eight minutes. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world, the opening bell in just under five minutes. Got our hands full this morning, uh, even though there's not a lot of trade news, retails are heating up, and we're watching, obviously, the president filling out a bit about his meeting with Powell yesterday. Other big stories about vaping, California and Los Angeles County are suing Juul, alleging the vaping brand targeted young people through advertising and failed to give warnings about the health risks. In about 30 minutes, we are expecting an announcement on vaping from the AG of New York. If we get details on that, we will let you know. Uh, but Jim, just one more incremental 
piece of bad news for Jewel, and then by extension, uh, MO. Right. But look, the quiet, the quiet nature of the FDA, the reversal uh, by the president, which is uh, seemingly political, uh, the location of where uh, the leader of the Senate lives, uh, where his district is, is all adding up to, I think, a real advantage for uh, Altria and Jewel. These states, as much as they sound like they matter, no, no. I mean, this is going to be, have to be federally regulated uh, because it's from the online. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to try to shut down online? Uh, it's from a lot of companies that are not easily regulated. That's what Jewel will tell you, which is that, look, at least we're regulated. So without federal legislation, uh, without federal appeal from the president, all these things are just, um, let's just say, much to do about nothing. Uh, these states can do whatever they want. They're a federal problem, not a state problem. Yeah, although uh, reports yesterday indicated the president backing off a bit of his uh, yeah. intention to ban flavors across the board. Backing off com- yeah. completely, from what I understand, Jim. I mean, yeah. it, you know, apparently he decided, uh, this is a reporting from other sources, obviously, that uh, it could result in a loss of jobs in states that are v- important to his potential reelection efforts, and so he abandoned that. Yeah, I mean, I think that the election beckons. I think that people know that it was mint that people liked. Uh, I've never used Jewel myself, but uh, the cohort that I think does Jewel, and uh, my wife is on the board of the, um, let's just say, the social committee at Bucknell, she, uh, it, it's endemic. Uh, people just smoke, and they love, they love uh, mint. It's, it, it's too attractive. Now, David, I don't think you get up and say, listen, I can't wait to do some mint vaping. But as someone who's a parent, you know that mint vaping is just too popular. You don't want your kids to mint vape. Uh, you know, this is a kind of a, you remember we used to talk about marijuana as a gateway drug to heroin? Well, isn't yeah, vaping I, I, a gateway drug to everything that's bad? I, I, I don't know. I don't believe marijuana is a gateway drug to heroin. Do you? No, but I do think vaping is a gateway drug to, hey, I don't know, maybe lung cancer? I mean, I see the things that Bristol-Myers doing against lung cancer and Merck. It's a foot race between vaping, killing people, and those companies saving people. But then again, David, the First Amendment allows all sorts of bad things. Conversations we didn't think we'd have right before the opening bell. Well, I mean, I'm not pro-lung cancer. It's an odd position. I would never take it myself. I'm more in the key true to camp. Uh, the Optivo camp, the key to being the great drug for Merck. But you know what? Mint vaping. Wow. Now, there's something to stand for. I'm pro-mint vaping. Does anyone? I don't know. I, I like I, I'm a little astounded. The pro-cancer camp does win periodically, guys. We would be better off where there are no vaping, no smoking. Clearly. No doubt about that. Oh, well, yeah, well, that's just, just great, David. People have, David, are you saying that people don't have a right to get lung cancer? Are you saying that? Are you taking no, that no, anti-First no, Amendment no, position? No, I'm not. Good. That's why I, do whatever that's they all want. I care about. No. Right. Yeah, David, it's a, it's a free country. It's a free country. country. Well, and if you want cancer, you have every right to get cancer. It's just it does cost the system. It does. It does. Well, your rates are higher. Certainly they are for our employer. You've got to check that right, box. For all of us. Yeah. David, uh, Jewel has race. to have earnings. Don't, David, do not this Jewel. It's a unicorn. Have, Less every have day. some sympathy. Less of a unicorn every day. Get to the okay. opening bell here in the S&P 500 at the bottom of your screen. At the big board today, it's Digital Realty Trust, operator of data centers, celebrating its 15th listing anniversary over at the NASDAQ uh, for Texime, a biopharma-focused 
on the treatment of Alzheimer's and other degenerative diseases. Jim, we haven't uh, touched on the housing numbers we got today. Permits up five is going to be the highest print since May of 07, as uh, we're starting to right. see some of the benefits, I guess, of low rates. Right, and that's what makes it so hard to be able to punt on the Home Depot right here. Uh, Home Depot talking about a lot of what I regard as some mysteries, but they also talked about tariffs. They're worried about tariffs. Uh, this is the first time that people can really point to maybe tariffs had something to do with a miss. Uh, there's so many different reasons why Home Depot missed, and yet there they are affirming guidance. So I think you affirm guidance if you believe that the housing starts numbers in, in, end up leading you to a um, maybe a beat someday. This is not the Home Depot I know. It's starting to bum me out. <laughs> um, the other name that we, of course, were watching from uh, the very beginning of the show was Coles. Guys, uh, on, the, on the conference call that began at 9 a.m., the company is talking a lot about a heightened promotional environment. And that does appear to be where the pressure is on earnings and why their guidance has come in for the year uh, in terms of what they're pointing to uh, for annual earnings per diluted share. Um, Jim, they're talking about, again, a heightened promotional environment um, and... Gross margins now expected to be down 60 to 65 basis points for the year, reflecting their year-to-date performance, their outlook for the fourth quarter. And they also talked about uh, what was particularly a lot of competition, apparently, in uh, women's fashion. And an underperformance in their women's business impacted their gross margin, an unfavorable mix. And again, this competitive environment in terms of pricing. This isn't the first time that they cited women's. What, uh, when I went to visit them, they were very pro on uh, their women's fashion and the initiatives they have. My travel trust maintained a small position in hoping that Amazon, the Amazon deal would do something. Uh, what I, I want to say, it's become quite quizzical. I mean, how come this stock uh, reports, they, they report a bad quarter, and then uh, the company gets it, and then the stock goes up again on belief that this will be the quarter that they get it right. At a certain point, David, uh, I know Michelle Goss hasn't been in there that long. I'm beginning to question, what the heck is she doing? Or is it the model broken, a la what people think about Macy's, uh, what people think about Nordstrom? David, brick and mortar, in the end, uh, unless you have a fantastic online and offline, uh, the online being how great Walmart is, uh, I I think you start saying existential. Why do we need really? to go to I mean, Kohl's? It, Does anyone know? It's still pro- it's Why? still profitable. I, I well, I don't go to Kohl's, but I don't go anywhere. Um, well, okay. So okay. I can't say. But but I mean, I it's Kohl's still a profitable cash. company, Jim. No, yeah, I have Kohl's, cash, and they are starting to close some of the bad stores. The problem is this: How can you be so wrong about everything? How can you be wrong about the promotional environment? How can you be wrong about the women's clothes that you have? How can you be so wrong about how Amazon is going to start helping? And the answer is. I don't know. Let's get someone else. Look, David, coal stores at the end of the quarter, 98 million square feet. Selling footage was 18 million square feet. There are too many stores. Even as recently as a year and a half ago, they told me that the great thing is that they didn't have to close any stores. All the stores were in the right place. Let's see what Target has to say. I wonder whether Target isn't taking business. Uh, I am disappointed with Coles. I really and truly felt that this was the quarter that you start seeing that maybe the spend was related to Amazon. Promotional yeah, is a curse word. It's a curse word. 
All right. Well, they're being aggressive into October, into the holiday season in terms of offering pricing that they think is going to bring people in and, and get them to buy things. Is this heightened promotional environment, Jim, something that we can just expect will continue for good? Um, I think the fault, David, is not in the promotional stars. I think this fault might be in themselves. Just a week ago, we had a number from Walmart that was stunning. They weren't talking about promotion, not one bit. They were talking about how great things are. Who do you want to believe, David? Do you want to believe the, the company that has 275,000 million people going through the stores? Or do you want to believe a company that doesn't have a very good online strategy that has this Amazon deal? But in the end, you go in, David, it's Nike, OK? It's tired. It's gold toe socks. It's these women things that you can get anywhere. David, 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 it's not fun. It's not experiential. It, it's depressing. No, but if they're investing in pricing, it might mean there's some good deals. You always like a good deal. Well, I like Kohl's cash. David, I'm bummed. I'm bummed because I had believed that this was the quarter that could make everything, make or break things. A lot of the suppliers to, to Kohl's seem to be doing well. Hey, Ralph Lauren had a good number. David, we got to find more of a reason, you and me, to go to a Kohl's. Right now, I feel that it isn't even the housewares. It, it, it's not the uh, clothes that you use when you're uh, in a sporting event. Uh, now we know it's not women. We have to find a reason to go to Kohl's right now, other than returning something from Amazon, which is a real pain in the butt. I, I, I don't have a reason. Give me a reason to oh. quote Earth, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yep, yep. Uh, the wholesale model that you're referring to, Jim, you talked to uh, the chief of Levi's about, uh, about customization and the customer experience. Here's what he told you. Consumers want to come into the store and they want an experience. They don't want to just come in. If, they, if they're just going to come in and transact, they can do that online. But they right. want to come into a store and have an experience, something that's unique, something that's Instagrammable. And we've got tailor shops in most of our mainline stores around the world where we do personalization and customization. Yeah. Right, Jim, what does that say? We, well, I, I had never Instagrammed in Kohl's. I, I just... No, I mean, it's not an Instagramable moment. But when I was at Levi Strauss, I mean, they made a mad money jacket, a biker jacket. I felt like just joining a club, you know, and just creating you know, a little bit of a, not mayhem. That would be the wrong rule. I just think that, that Levi's is fun. It's interesting. It's attractive. You can make your own jeans. Kohl's, if we go to Kohl's, David, we're not even going to tweet. We're not going to tweet, let alone Instagram. No, not tweeting. Had Ned Siegel on yesterday. No, it's not a Twitter thing when you go to Kohl's. It's kind of just like, no, I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? I guess I know what you mean. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. I mean, Instagram, what, the long lines? Instagram the sock aisle? Maybe we Instagram some of their housewares? Mm. Housewares. No. No, No. we'll do an Instagram of... No, I mean, a lot of times there's a Petco near. We can go do Instagram like, you know, cats and dogs. That's always a winner. Speaking of winners, uh, technology, of course, uh, Journal pointing it out today, not that we need to be told or anybody who watches this network for any length of time needs to be told that technology has been yet another year of strong gains. Um, Apple is down a bit, but overall, the, the tone in, in uh, the big names that we follow closely are, is pretty good this morning again, Carl. Um, we do have the Nasdaq comp up about a quarter of 1%. Uh, indeed. Uh, there's a look at Apple. Interestingly, uh, B of A is out with their 2020 outlook. Uh, Savita Subramanian 
And says Jim, they are lowering tech to market weight on risks of the trade war shifting to a tech war post-election. Um, they say a move toward a dual U.S.-China supply chain could represent some short-term pain. That would be a shift. Yeah, it would be. And it, there, you don't have to look any further than the uh, action in Broadcom today. Uh, Morgan Stanley saying uh, hold the buy. I mean, that's a company that is very much linked to China, and it doesn't seem to bother them. Uh, remember, the, the, the narrative problem there is, is that Facebook, Alphabet, they don't rely on China. Tim Cook seems to be up. Boy, there'll be a, a Q&A with Tim Cook and uh, Mark Benioff today. The, the, Tim Cook it, it does as much business in the United States as they do in China. And the thing that that analyst is missing is software as a service. The software stocks, software as a service, are doing so well, and they are not dependent on global trade. They just aren't. So while I like that, uh, I keep I can come up with excuses about why I want to buy various semiconductor stocks, AMD, why I want to bear so, why I want software, software as a service. What does that leave me that I hate in technology? Um, HP, David, HP, HPQ, the same. What do you think? Yeah, each, which one? Which HP? HPQ or HPE? Which one do you not like? I'm sorry. Oh, no, HPE is just a, a travesty of a mockery or a sham. I'm t- no, I didn't mean that. They're nice people. But it's just that nobody, I don't know, HPE is, eh, I, I'm what, eh, that's kind of like Kohl's. It's, eh, it's a new it's category for me. percent this year. But, it's not bad. Well, yeah, but where was it? You know, Dave, that's one of those where the comparisons are easy. I think that we have to stay close to uh, yeah, look at that best. See, look where it came from in the, in the bad part, okay? But it, look, I got to give it credit. It, it, it's, not, it's not going away, but um, no. I am now, more worried did, about did, uh, HPQ. HPQ. Yeah, I know. What did Chip Berg have to say during your interview? Anything? Did he want to talk at all about being you know, the lead director there at uh, HPQ? Well, he and did. What, you what know they're what, David? In terms of Xerox? I don't want to speak for him. I actually have a quote pulled from, the, from uh, yesterday. So let, let's take a listen. Hmm. Okay. So that's a bit of a cricket situation. I thought we said that. Uh, But what he did say was, uh, just kidding. What he did was he talked about the notion that the board is much more, I felt that it's a strong board. I look at the players of the board. I don't really necessarily know a lot of the names. But, David, he made me feel that something that you said earlier, which is that it is about the board. And, David, it doesn't sound like the board is willing to do nothing. Uh, I know that the board likes uh, what the changes that are going on. But, David, I thought the board really, geez, the, the right deal. And I think the board's going to say you got to make it. I don't know. Enrique, right. he just got there. But, I, David, I'm, I'm listening to what you said. I think you're right. Chip is saying that the board does, is playing a major role. You've been saying that. It makes you feel like something's going to happen here. We'll see. Uh, day two here after the after the rejection. Well, day three, actually, it was Sunday that HP's board did reject that $22 a share offer from Xerox. Remember, 77% of it is in cash. Xerox in a tough place, though, don't forget, because, you know, the, the only way they could really increase would be to go up in the cash portion. Any more stock and you end up with HP shareholders owning more of the combined company than Xerox shareholders. And then you get into questions of, well, who should really be leading this thing? There's a look at both. They're rebounding a bit from yesterday, Jim. That's interesting. I do want to hear what Chip uh, had to say to you specifically on that, because the board is, of course, as you say, playing an important role here. No doubt about that. Um, Yeah, much more than I thought. I misjudged when you said that to me. Chip Berg is a very forceful guy. He runs Levi's. He's obviously independently wealthy. He's independent. And, David, I I think people are starting to say, look, 
uh, even though there's some tremendous, tremendous feeling that Enrique, Enrique's doing a great job, which I think he is. Remember, he just replaced Dion not that long ago. But, David, the combined company could be a dominant company in, in an area where you really have to take market share because there's not that much growth. Well, there's not growth, and that's the key. Is there $2 billion in cost synergies? No. Is there more, as Xerox would like you to, to, to potentially believe? Or is it going to be tough to find, as HP at least thinks, seems to think and wants a lot I more think time there's to a look, lot of synergy. take a look at it? You got, yeah. you, got dueling, you got dueling salespeople in the same account, David. You know what that means. You can fire a lot of people. Right. Or as Icon said, a lot of these aging companies generate cash longer than you think they will. Right? It's a slow grind, but... Uh, Yes, but, I mean, people still have AOL. Yes, that's right. That's what I always come back to. Somebody (laughs) somewhere out there is still paying, I don't know, 20 bucks a month for their AOL. Very true. Well, David, Uh, David, remember we bought into the I Love Lucy thing for the long time? You know, the last moon bet you said, I I don't like Lucy. Look at that. Look at that stock. (laughs) He always comes back to CBS. He just can't get away from it. We're, uh, we're benefiting a bit from, from Boeing, uh, up a percent as the Dow's up eight points. Let's get to Bob Asani. Morning, Bob. Good morning, guys. Uh, nice move on the upside. Still in record territory, remember. The important thing is uh, all the big cap names moving on the upside. Just take a look. Tech's doing well. Semiconductor's having a good day. Uh, banks moving up a little bit as well. Healthcare up here. And there's retail down. No surprise there, given what you've heard the guys talking about, Kohl's and, and Home Depot. Speaking of Home Depot, we're listening in on that conference call. So remember, the sales miss, they said, was due to the timing of certain investment initiatives. The very first question on the conference call was, is there something slowing in the macro and the consumer, or is it really just the timing of these investment initiatives? Here's the answer on the conference call. They saw strength across uh, almost all of their departments. They, they singled out particularly growth in the pro and the DIY, that's do-it-yourself customers that are out there. They also talked a lot about online traffic and the average ticket also doing very well. They were very happy with that. So the short answer is it doesn't seem like there is something going on with the customer uh, right now or the consumer. And the important thing is uh, the stock is, uh, as you can see here, down 5%. But this was down 220. This was at 220 right after the earnings report came out. So it's off the low. And do remember, this is up 40% almost this year overall. So this is a one heck of a run for the company. Uh, big, big move up uh, overall. Important thing is holding up. This is one of the big quality companies that are out there right now. Let's uh, talk about tech. We talked about the fact last week or so the tech's been very overbought. That's because your biggest names are moving the most. Microsoft, Apple up 7% this month. Intel's up 3%. Adobe 7 Accenture 7 These are the biggest stocks in the tech sector. Put up the next one. I'll show you the, I'll show you the top 10. The only one that's not down this month, that's not up, is Cisco. Down 5% on the earnings disappointment. Visa, MasterCard, Salesforce, Broadcom. These are the top 10 stocks. When you get them all up in the mid-single digits except Cisco, the whole market's going to lift in tech, and that's why we're talking about very overbought, very unusual, even with these stocks, to see them up this month in a month. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Alibaba. We've been talking about that all last week. Uh, they're doing a secondary in Hong Kong. People ask me, why would they do a secondary in Hong Kong? They list here. Well, does this make sense to you? It sure makes sense to me. 755 million users in China. That's twice the population of the United States. You think somebody over there might be interested in owning their stock? I sure do. 2020 revenue growth, 30 percent. The company's growing like crazy. They're 50 percent of online sales in China. This makes a lot of sense to me. If you take a look also at the market cap here, 483 billion in the United States, Hong Kong's listing is going to be, we don't know yet, but it's 11 to 13 billion is the estimate that people have. So look at this, it's a pretty small investment here for a secondary, 2%. 
of this one. Does that make any sense? Oh, it sure does. It looks like it's been a very successful strategy if the strategy was to increase the, the, the price of the stock. Take a look at this here. Here's Alibaba. Since they talked about the secondary listing, it's up, oh, 25 percent. The rest of the market, China's up a little bit. Uh, U.S. is up just a little bit. Bottom line is this looks stunningly successful if the strategy was to get the price up. We'll see. We're going to get the price in the next day or two. Guys, back to you. All right, Bob, thanks so much, Bob Pisani. Let's get to the bond pits as well. We got uh, some interesting economic data earlier today. Rick's at the CME. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. You're absolutely right. Uh, you know, very solid starts, exceptional permits. And yet, look at the response in tenure. You see that drop? That was 8.30 Eastern. So they are marching to a bit of a different drummer as equities hover in record territory. Look at a two-day of 10. Yesterday's low, 179. If we get below that, we should see some activity. 10s minus 2s. Amazing. That's a one-month chart. And basically one week, we've gone from 28 to 19 plus. And that happened based on the long end. Uh, 10s in that week lost 14, closed to close. 2s only 6. So separation of 8 basis points explains it. That's very important because I don't know that the data warrants the long end getting hit that hard. Two-day dollar index? You know, obviously, Mr. Trump seems to be talking down the dollar more than he's affecting Jay Powell. It looks like it's rebounding a bit. You see that dip yesterday. And finally, pound versus dollar. Intraday yesterday, it traded higher than that high you see on the right. That was the highest level since May, but it is backing away. Carl Dim David, back to you. All right, Rick. We'll see you in a bit. Uh, the first House impeachment hearing of the week is underway. Our Elon Mui's on Capitol Hill monitoring that for us. Good morning, Elon. Good morning, Carl. Well, we will be hearing today from Alexander Vindman, who is an official on the National Security Council, as well as Jennifer Williams, a foreign policy advisor to Vice President Mike Pence. They are just wrapping up their opening statements. And these are two key witnesses for Democrats because both of them were on that July 25th phone call between President Trump and Ukrainian President uh, Vladimir Zelensky. Now, both of them also said that there was a crucial detail that had been left out of the official White House record of the call. Both Colonel Vindman and Ms. Williams also took note of the explicit use of the word Burisma by Zelensky, a fact conspicuously left out of the record of the call, now locked away on an ultra-secure server. Now, the ranking Republican on the committee, Devin Nunes, spent much of his opening statement bashing the media and also questioning the integrity and motives of the whistleblower. Now that the whistleblower has successfully kick-started impeachment, he has disappeared from the story, as if the Democrats put the whistleblower in their own witness protection program. Now, last week, President Trump created quite a stir when he uh, started tweeting attacks of one of the witnesses in real time during her testimony. We know that the president has criticized both uh, Vindman and Williams in the past. So, guys, we will see if he's watching and how he responds today during the many hours of testimony ahead of us. Back over to you. Elon, thanks for that. When we come back, uh, Qualcomm holding its first analyst meeting since 2016. The stock's up 59% for the year. Steve Molikoff's going to join John Ford exclusively on Squawk Alley later this morning. As we're sitting pretty flat this morning, Dow's down 10, and we're at 3123. Here's a look at Kohl's since Michelle Gass was named CEO in May of last year. 
down some 21%. Kramer had uh, some tough words for their performance as they miss. And comps are a disappointment, guiding lower for the year. Dow's down 21 to start this Tuesday. We'll get stopped trading with Jim in a minute. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. You know, one of the deals that people were very critical of was Peloton. I mean, the stock plunged all the way down to 20 after it came public. Well, here it is at 30 and change. I, I love this note from J.P. Morgan saying you got to buy it. They're just starting to move to Germany. This one is turning out to be far more disruptive toward fitness industry than most people thought. Uh, good for them. Good for them. I mean, I got to tell you, it is, John Foley is doing a remarkable job. Uh, maybe this was not so overvalued for the unicorns. It may be one of the better IPOs for the second half of the year. Uh, NBC Universal's an investor. Of course, um, we had John Foley on our desk during the print, and stock didn't look good then. No, it didn't uh, after that earnings. Yeah. yeah, and he didn't have necessarily have the answers. Jim, all you've talked about is your wife's clothes being hung off the Peloton in your house. So suddenly I feel like you're well, changing you know your what? tune a little bit. I am thinking that she ought to take the clothes off. Maybe, maybe even get on it, turn it on. I don't know. It's been such a good clothes rack, but maybe it has a second function, David. Uh, Jim, what's on Mad tonight? Okay, we got NVIDIA, which you know is a family fave. Uh, we've got Restoration Hardware now, RH. How'd that happen? It turns out Warren Buffett likes it. And Rita, it's time to start talking Square. It, no one's been talking about Square since the days of Sarah Fryer. And then, of course, the king of the cloud, Mark Benioff, because uh, business is the greatest source of change. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.